What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well. How are you this fine day? I'm doing fine, I guess. It's very dark and cold outside. It is a dreary day today, although I have to say I'm appreciative of the fact that it's actually finally cold and yeah. trying to stay cold here, it's, maybe. Well, maybe. are you sure? Because yesterday it was 80. It was 80. Yeah. And it <laughs> felt great outside. Got some yard work done, <laughs> raked some leaves. It felt really good. But here we sit at a new day, and it's cold. I was able to take Fender out on a long walk, and I didn't get overwhelmingly sweaty. So, Did Fender get sweaty? No, no. He he was able he to pant it like all He seems like he would be a sweaty boy no matter what. Probably. I mean, he does like to pant a whole lot. But still, it's it, so being able to do that and not come back feeling like a sweaty mess just from a, a little walk was wonderful. Had the nice breeze going. Felt good. But also, perfect weather for sitting inside and talking about some video games. Here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where, like I said, we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. Head over to teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen for a complete list of the show is it where a complete list of all the places the show is available. You can also find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server. You can chat along with us about games throughout the week when we're not here recording the show. And if you'd really like to help us make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early, some other fun little extra special deals, and a special channel on our discord server i'd always want to call it either server i always want to switch them and say our a secret server on our discord channel i guess either one would work ned they really don't but they don't a server means something totally exactly that's why i can't get all mixed up in it and there's a secret channel on our discord server there you go. specifically for our patrons but if you can't do that and that's no big deal at all we totally understand but we would love your support in either uh, some reviews telling your friends spreading putting it on your social media all that stuff that all helps us make the show bigger and better as well and we are very grateful and appreciative for everyone who comes and listens to or watches the show any and all of which would make excellent presents to team chat podcast for christmas in this christmas, so, season, in of this christmas season of giving and generosity <laughs> <laughs> pulling on the whole heart yeah they're just pulling on those heart strings you scrooges <laughs> <laughs> but we do have a big episode for you today it's a week late in terms of time but it's still coming in to you at a case, quickly we're just fashionably on time exactly the hubbub has died down and now we're here to interject new thoughts new opinions and new facts into discussion. What are the facts? On Life is Strange 2, <laughs> Episode 5, Wolves. The final episode of Life is Strange, uh, part Life is Strange 2, the conclusion of the Diaz brothers' journey. Finally. It's here. It's, it's been it's a long road. Finally. Over here. a year. It really has been. Because it was September crazy. of 2018 when the game first came out. And it's December 2019. That's why. That we brought it to an end. Yeah. So because yeah. of that, and we have so much to talk about about this because we do want to be able to talk about the show and then give our uh, talk about this episode and then also give our wrap up thoughts on the season as a whole. We're going to skip our moment with Mogan. Uh, if you're wondering, hey, where's the Game Awards talk? Why we want to hear about that? Well, that's coming next week because we wanted to be able to get this episode out to uh, close to its release date. But uh, we did watch the Game Awards or. Uh, and all that, and we had some, I mean, the, the Hellblade trailer for both of us, I think, was a huge... Yeah, that one was really exciting. Uh, uh, I actually kind of, like, I had muted the TV and looked away because I was doing something else, and then I looked back, and all I saw were, like, the images, and yeah. I was like, is that, is that Tenoff? <laughs> <laughs> and then I unmuted it, and it was crazy town. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. 
go. That trailer was so What raw? is happening? Did you see uh, Destroyer's theory that somebody else had posted about in the Discord? Yes. That was a cool theory. Where it's like yeah. she's now viewed as like a prophetess. Yeah, all the this idea stuff is that because of her vision, she's maybe now like a prophetess. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Which I, I would buy. I would totally I would buy, buy too. But I, as somebody said, I think it also may have been Destroyer, that if there were any game that would have made a perfect standalone, it would be Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which on the one hand, I totally agree with. I think that I mean, standalone. I don't think anyone was, was ex- expecting yeah, this uh, sequel. I, I certainly wasn't. I, wasn't I didn't think that there would ever be a sequel. So I totally get that perspective. At the same time, it feels like a really like cool, nice surprise. It's like, oh my God, oh, there's yeah. a second one. This I'm is going to so be really cool. Because there was definitely room for improvement. Uh, you know, some of the parts of the game maybe weren't as polished as the overall story and the acting, mainly like the combat and the mechanics. Mm-hmm. So there's room for improvement, and I hope that it's... Uh, I hope it's a worthy successor. And they got that Microsoft money now. They got so Microsoft money now. I'm expecting some big things, not going to lie. It's going to be full of microtransactions. Nah, so. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I would be very surprised if that happened. But, you know, maybe we've you been can, surprised before. Maybe you can buy, like, more Furies for Senua. <laughs> <laughs> Additional Furies, only $1.99 More voices each. in my head, please. <laughs> But yeah, so a lot of cool stuff came out of that. We'll be saving more of that talk for next week's episode, so stick around for that. But let's dive in. A lot of stuff to talk about now as we wrap up our various thoughts. Because I know from what from looking at the decision screens at the very end of this episode, we had some variations in how so this ended. So you saw mine, but I finished before you did, so I didn't see yours. Okay. I didn't go back and compare. So should we even bother like recapping even episode four, or should we just assume that everybody's like caught up to speed? Well, let's let's go ahead and say we can give like a brief. For those who don't know kind of thing, but also be aware in these episodes, specifically on Life is Strange, we are very spoiler heavy. It's just difficult for us to avoid them. We, we, we can't. Because we really can't give a briefing up. A, it revolves so much around the story that it's impossible to talk outside of that without being super vague and everything like that. So if you're wanting and- to save your... Save your thoughts or save yourself from spoilers, then I would probably say skip this episode. But if come you don't back to care it later. about that, yeah, come back to it later. But if you don't care about all that stuff, strap in because we're, we're going to be uh, going through everything about this. Much like on Facebook, nobody likes people that vague all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody likes a vague booker. Nope. No. So catching us up then. Uh, Sean and Daniel Diaz, basically they're, they're on the run for the police because of an altercation in Seattle, their hometown that resulted in their father being killed. By a police officer, and then them in turn killing a police, the police officer, due to the emergence of Daniel's power. Uh, that resulted on them is trying to escape to Mexico, to Puerto Lobos, Puerto Lobos, uh, where their father is from, to try to build a new life for each other. Uh, so they eventually make it down in episode four. They, after the events of the pot farm, they are they go on the search for Daniel uh, to because he has been. T- not taken, but he has been brought into the fold yeah. of Haven's Point, a, uh, a cult, basically. The the gist is that Sean and Daniel got separated in the events leading up to episode four, and uh, Sean has been in the hospital in a coma. He's lost his left eye, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's his left. He's lost his left, left eye as a result of what happened on the pot farm, and Daniel was taken by one of their friends from the pot farm, that's right, that's who right. comes from a very religious background, to his original home in Nevada, I think, in this like very cultish kind of uh, congregation of a church, where Daniel is seen as the kind of like idol because of yeah, his powers. An angel, something like that. Yeah, an angel, I think and, is what they call and it. And so they're able to, 
Sean is able to convince Daniel to leave with the help of their recently uh, arrived mother, Karen. Good old Karen. She showed up and then, because she had been absent from their lives for years, and she heard about everything and was able to track them down and help get Daniel out of this of Haven's Point. And then so episode five picks up seven weeks later after the events of that. Oh, and in the events of that, uh, they were they wound up actually burning down the church at Haven's Point. So it caused a little bit of chaos there. Uh, but not to say they didn't deserve it, you know? Yeah, they had it coming. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you just have you it just coming. You just can't play with fire for that long <laughs> that without whole, expecting to get burned. Yeah, those false prophets and all that. Yep, happens. Mm, it does happen. So this is seven weeks after. They're in Arizona now in the little community where Karen lives. Karen, their mother, lives. And it's a very of, like off the grid kind of setup yeah. of just like a bunch of trailers out in the middle of the desert. Most of the people are there because they're trying to more or less escape from society at mm-hmm. large. And the town itself is called Away. Yes. And I think the most people you meet is like there's one couple, one lady, one man, and then their mom, Karen. Mm-hmm. So it's a really small community of just cool people living out in the desert. Right. And so... What, how did you feel? The, the first thought and the initial reaction I had, well, because it wakes up, they're camping and everything on, on top of this canyon. Uh, I'm assuming the Grand Canyon or a, an adjacent canyon. and you know, The lesser canyon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moderate canyon. Yeah, exactly. And so they wake up. They, like, you know, gawk and awe at the, at the beauty of it, then head back to, into town. The first thing I noticed and that I was very appreciative is Daniel's hair is back to normal. Daniel's hair so bad is back to normal. Four. Oh, that bowl cut was terrible. So bad. I mean, children do have very fast cell turnover, so it's nice that it grew out that yeah. quickly. Yeah, that was that was the first thing I noticed and was very glad to see that back on the right track. Yeah. But so they get back into the town and you and and you have this moment where you can go around and, and meet and talk and interact with all the different people because you've been here for a few weeks now at this point. You've gotten to know everyone fairly well and the longest you've probably stayed in one place since your whole journey began. Yeah, I think so. If you don't count the hospital stay, which I think That's was true. like two that months, wasn't it? It was a long time. That's right, but that was more forced. Yeah, he was unconscious, so it doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> so you're there, you go around and visit the people. What were your general thoughts of like, because see, this really wound up taking the majority of the episode was just being in the town and, and, and seeing the different and interacting with the different people. Like, yeah. So this is kind of both a pro and a con in my book, both for and against life is strange. Um, and this is, you know, par for the course in life is strange one. It was very similar. Uh, and in life is strange Two, one of the core components of the game is just the people and the characters and being able to talk to people and learn more about them and have meaningful conversations. Some of which affect you as the player character. And in this case, you as Sean and in some cases, Daniel too. So in terms of the game doing its function, which I know is what it's supposed to do, of talk to people, explore kind of, just learn about life at large, I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. That didn't mean I wasn't bored. I was unfortunately, now I love the setting. I will say that the town of Away itself, and calling it a town is very generous. It's it's, It's it's a campsite. It's It's a a glorified campsite. It's really an encampment. That's much more correct. Uh, So the tiny, tiny encampment slash town of Away, I thought was really cool. I loved the idea of it basically being, it had the feel of like an art artist commune, Mm -hmm. kind of just a place where people were kind of escaping from the hardships of their previous lives. We did see the the reemergence of a character from Life is Strange. Do we want to go ahead and talk about that? Well, or let's go on ahead and talk about okay. it because I didn't see it coming. And I at first either. I didn't realize who it was. And then I, I was either. like, holy crap. I was honestly like, here's, here's my initial impression. This, this person in question uh, showed up and I was like, 
that character model looks really similar from somebody in Life is Strange 1. Why did they duplicate it? They just think we wouldn't notice? No. And then we wound up being an actual character from Life is Strange 1. It was David. Yes. It was David, Joyce's husband, Chloe's stepdad from Life is Strange 1. And I didn't actually know the timeline before this and before I looked it up. Uh, Life is Strange 2 takes place canonically three years after the events of Life is Strange 1, which is something that I really didn't have any context for. So right. that was, I was like, what's David doing? out here it's been like a week man and then i was like oh it's been like three years right Never and i mind. thought i thought it was kind of like a whoa like how did how did they fit this in i started having clues of who it was you know in the same conversation where you first see him because he refers to himself as he was like he you, daniel can ask him or sean asks him like if he had kids and he's like oh i didn't know you were married Do you have any kids and he said uh not really i mean i had one i was a stepfather too well she more of a step douche and then i was like oh yeah, that gave me like the instant like, wait a second, that sounds familiar. Yeah, same. <laughs> Why does same. it sound familiar? So I looked it up before I even had a chance to like play it out because it does become obvious later. Right. You find like a photo of him and Joyce and Chloe from the before times. You realize that he still has conversations with Joyce, but that they are now actually divorced. Mm-hmm. So you know that things have gone kind of not necessarily south for David, but he's clearly living a very different life now. And he's found solace in the town of Away. And I thought that that was a really interesting uh, plug from the yeah. first game. I really did like that a character I never would have expected from Life is Strange 1 was suddenly in Life is Strange 2. And that his appearance in the game actually kind of is there to st- from his experiences and how you played Life is Strange 1 is to steer kind of he acts as like a guide and in in another point of view basically for you as Sean to when you're making decisions later on in this in the end part of this episode like he's kind of a guiding light for you in a way and it's all because he has this big conversation with you talking about his his past and like what happened. It doesn't go into a whole lot of detail. He doesn't share it, but you just know having played the first game, what he's talking about. And it kind of changes how you may have had a view of, of how you thought Sean's and Daniel's story should go. And I thought that was a very interesting way of doing it and that it wasn't max. Yeah. Or that it wasn't even Joyce really. Yeah. Like it took a character from the first game who is, was pretty universally hated. By and large, a, a, quite a dick bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to have him come in and be a completely different character, you've seen his growth and maturity over the past few years, and then to have him be this like helpful person in your life was a very, very cool moment. Now, I would actually like to replay this episode at least because, or actually, I guess you would have to restart the whole game because I'm really curious to know how those conversations would have been different if at the end of Life is Strange, you had picked the alternative ending. That is true. Because that affected at least one other thing in the game, and it definitely would have affected David. Mm. So I would be really curious to know how that conversation played out in the alternative ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So nobody tell me what happens. I want to be able to maybe do it myself, but that's a tall order to have to play through the whole game again. I mean, if you weren't (laughs) searching through anything and just were purely going through, I think you could probably get it done in like eight hours. I bet I could, but that's such an eight But apparently, though, from what I've learned, and then even on our Discord, Bulldozer, they've been sharing with us some more stuff because they are very big fans of the series as well. They shared a a blog post that had a lot of information like that was a lot more breaking down, like how this one isn't so much about like the big decisions that matter whereas it's the littler things in your interactions with daniel that play yeah out. that was actually a fascinating and article do you want to like explain more about that because i didn't know that that's how the decision engine was basically honestly i designed. didn't either um it's so it was it's, it's basically just this whole thing and, and if you're pulling that up so we can just I tell am, people yeah because otherwise we're not going to be able to talk um, about it but eloquently. it basically just talks about how it's it 
basically what I was saying is that it just doesn't you're the big moments in the game like you you those familiar with it when there's a very big pivotal decision you have to make the screen will pause it'll go gray and it'll show your two options and that usually means you're at a huge fork in the road well it didn't even really deal with just those but is that one of the examples right yeah that's what I mean it didn't it in the first life is strange it felt more like your decisions were based off of those moments yes. rather than the minutiae the minute little decisions you made life is strange too focused on more of the minute decisions and everything and so i think that this was um this is a pretty interesting way to go about it so this is from a life is strange blog oh a tumblr blog actually life is strange uh everything you need to know about daniel in life is strange too because i think a lot of us and us even we've mentioned that like it's odd not being the one with the power yeah and that's created a little bit of disconnect for us with the game because it does feel like a little bit of your decision-making is taken away in that sense because it kind of feels like the power only becomes a thing when it's convenient, whereas in Life is Strange 1, it was very much pivotal to any decision-making. It was also just like, man, I want to go back and see that squirrel again. Exactly. And you can. Yeah, you can just re- reverse <laughs> There's time. There's nothing to stop you from seeing squirrels as much as you want. Right. Uh, so... Basically, what this says, and just read this article from here, it says, quote, Before we get into the new system underlying Life is Strange 2, though, know that each entry in the season does have episode-specific consequence systems that conform to the more traditional choice and consequence approach. Your relationships with secondary characters, for example, are often based on the branching that you've come to expect from a Life is Strange game. If you work hard to build a specific relationship, that character's attitude towards you may change significantly, which in turn will open or close off options that determine the fate of these characters. With respect to Daniel, however, the system has added layers of complexity. From what we've seen so far, Daniel's education is believed to rely on a one-track model similar to the one described above. That is to say, you can, for example, only teach Daniel to be either good or bad, and that only certain key decisions will affect his education by nudging him towards becoming either a good or evil person. The truth, however, is that Daniel grows and learns from your example based on two separate values, morality and brotherhood. And I thought that was really interesting, because I never would have thought that he basically had these two separate tracks that both kind of played into each other, so Mm -hmm. that was like the first thing that I was thinking, man, that's really cool that they decided to put that in there. So Daniel's morality state determines how he acts in any given situation. Does he act in a kind and considerate way, or is he entirely selfish without regard for other people's feelings or safety? And I feel like that came through very much in this episode. And so one of the first things that I noticed that I was thinking, ooh, this is probably my bad, is when the episode first starts up and they're in the canyon and it's the sunrise and they're about to pack up their campsite and go back to away. Uh, what happened with you and Daniel and the scorpion? So he picked it up and he started playing with it with his power. And I told him to stop. And he was like, oh, sorry, I was just playing with it. And he just set it down. And he, was, and he didn't really, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't realize that was a bad thing. See, in mine, he was very different. And I was so thinking that like, that would be an oh, obvious, I whoops. Wait. I was thinking that that would be an obvious one. In mine, like, he was messing with it. And Sean goes like, hey, man, cut that out. And instead of stopping, he, like, passes it back and forth between his hands. Oh. And he, like, won't let it go. He's like, why should I? I don't care. This thing could have killed us. And then at the end of that conversation, instead of, like, putting it down, he throws it away and, you probably dies and sean is like man that was you lame created i created a monster what have you done <laughs> it's just the natural life of the canyon <laughs> i was like the scorpion <laughs> so the brotherhood state determines how he responds to what you as sean teach and ask of him does he trust you to make the right choice for the two of you or really disregard what you say because you've been able to win his trust yeah in my case i don't think he trusts me <laughs> so that was kind of like how i always because you know, you from the very beginning of the game, you always have like this idea of how your dad would have wanted you to be. And obviously, like you get thrown into some pretty intense situations and you have to make your decision on that. I still tried to to gear it where 
it wasn't as much like us being against the world and trying to, whereas like we didn't care what mayhem and havoc we caused. We tried to blend with our surroundings. We tried to be the good people in the, in whatever situation, because I feel like ultimately, regardless, like that's what you should should strive to be, you know, but it's no wonder we went down such different paths <laughs> because the end of the, of the entire episode actually phrases this in a way that I found very helpful. At the end, it says you either did one of two things for Daniel overall. You either taught him to value brotherhood over all else, or you taught him to value the rules of society. And so, that's what it's describing as the morality system. Right, right. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a really helpful way to phrase it is, do you value more what the rules of society are, or do you more value your brotherhood with your older brother? And so that's what I was going for, although I, I feel like I tried to blend them fairly well. And I did notice at the beginning of this episode for having how episode three ended and episode four began, where Daniel wants nothing to do with with Sean, really, at the beginning of this episode, for me, they were very close. The, the, yeah. They were roughhousing around at the canyon. They seemed, they had playful banter back and forth across their walkie-talkies. Kind of seems similar to how they were at the beginning yeah. of of episode one, even. And but even stronger from, and in a different way. Right. And aside from the scorpion incident, mine yeah. was fairly similar, so mm-hmm. I didn't turn him entirely yeah. evil. <laughs> so you, you spend time in a way. You're, you're at a way. You're getting to know everybody. and So we'll circle back around to, the, to how the... the the morality and brotherhood things affect Endgame when we get to that section. But I have to agree with you in that it was interesting getting to walk around, and it was a very cool area to explore, especially, did you get the second souvenir? The second souvenir. Did you do, or Daniel's Treasure Hunt. Did yes. you do that? That was, I thought, a fun little thing to that do. That was a fun little to, side to game. Explore. I liked that. The one issue I've had with this one, and again, this could be stemming from the fact that we played them in episodic order, not opposed as opposed to all of once, like we did with Life is Strange one. But at this point, I felt it odd. Why am I spending so much time interacting with these new characters? This is the last episode. I felt exactly the same way because the only characters that I got a lot of actual like personal value out of interacting with were Karen. Mm-hmm. I found that relationship really re- rewarding. She had been in episode four, of course, and she was referred to throughout the entire game as your absent mother. So the fact that you get to meet her and then either choose to like grow a relationship with her or cut that relationship off, I liked that that was more expanded on. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like, uh, by and large was all these new people and even David to a certain extent because on the one hand we having played Life is Strange 1 do have a past with David but if you were playing Life is Strange 2 as a standalone you would have no context for David and as such you wouldn't get as much value out of those conversations with him so even though I liked so they called her Joanne but her name is spelled like Joan. And I was like, that pisses me oh, off. Oh, the artist. <laughs> yes. The artist lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's Joan. What's wrong with you French people? You don't know how to pronounce names. <laughs> well, it was, it was, I'm sure it can be pronounced Joanne. Yeah, I've just never yeah. heard that spelling pronounced that way. So there's Joan the artist. There's Arthur and Stanley, who are, who are like the cool old gay couple that live in the trailer next door. Mm. And then there's David. And those are really the only people you can interact with. And... Arthur and Stanley and Joanne and David, you only have a little bit of interaction with them. 
And they have no actual bearing on the end game. Right. They have no bearing on anything that happened before that. So even though it was like, these are cool conversations to an extent, I like these characters. I think they're an interesting part of the game. It was kind of more of that feeling of, why should I care about you? Mm -hmm. This is the last episode. Why am I spending all this time talking to you? It felt more like checkmark conversations that I'm just going through because I need to to get to the end. Yeah. And my thinking is that in a larger context, it was probably just more to show like the many different sides and facets of American society. Mm-hmm. That's what I think that they were probably going for. But it well, just... considering the other facet of American society that they showed near the end, it's like oh yeah, it's know, like oh man, damn it. It's good. To, it's good <laughs> to have the balance because that yeah, you know. But it's it's the whole thing is just like so yeah. I just wanted I wanted that to be. I kind of you remember when we were talking about the end of episode four, and I was kind of wishing that like episode four had ended on a cliffhanger. at Haven's Point and then episode 5 would have picked up with the conclusion of the Haven's Point story and then the initial whatever resulted however that resulted would be the conclusion or would then lead into the conclusion of the game man how crazy of a twist would it have been if they had like set that church on fire and then God had showed up and he had been like you done fucked up (laughs) 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 and you just got like obliterated at the end of the game oh didn't see that twist coming (laughs) hmm But because then think about it, if they would have done that and like the first half of the game would have been spent wrapping up Haven's Point, then you would have been able like say they escape Haven's Point in some way. They have to get out of town as fast as they can. Karen takes them straight away. And then like overnight, they stay there for like a night. And that's where they have the conversation with David. I feel like that would have been even more impactful. And then they're like, okay, well, we got to go because it's hot. You know, like there, there's there's. Not weather hot, but like police are hot on the trail. It is also Arizona. It's also Arizona (laughs) in the desert. So yes, it is hot, hot. But there's like, we got to go. Like we can't stay here very long. And so like David passes along this words of wisdom and then, and they move on with Karen. He also passes along his coveted police scanner. Thanks, David. Exactly. Like (laughs) love you, boo. Getting all these, your past is helping us out. Your redemption arc is really nice in this one. (laughs) It is. It's a lot better than his redemption arc in in Life Strange 1. So I kind of felt like for that, yeah, I was like, I don't, this is the end of the episode. I don't. Unless these people are going to somehow band together and really help us, I don't see the point. And then they didn't. It was just a, it was just, you had these conversations, you, you had initial conversations, then it was time for you to leave. You had another round of conversations with everybody and then you left. And then even, I got to say, like when Karen first showed up and she's like, Hey, you guys got to go. And I'm like, wait, you're still not going to go with them. Like you're still going to leave. You stay and all this. But then eventually it does come out. She has noble reasons for it, but even that was kind of confusing. So the idea is that Karen, and she offers to, I assume that you can actually say no and she doesn't, but Karen offers to basically more or less surrender herself to the law because she's also being pursued by the police for right. what happened at Haven Point. So she's basically going to like offer herself as a distraction and try to buy them enough time for Sean and Daniel to get to the border. But even so, I didn't think it was terribly out of character for her to choose to stay behind. Mm-hmm. And even if she hadn't had noble reasons, I think that her other reasons of I have a life here and this is who I've been for 15 years now i think that those would have been really you know on character for her so even then i wouldn't have been surprised i yeah. think that just would have been uh i overall i thought that her character arc was really really nice my my question is i guess is just that you went to so much trouble to help them and save them from haven's point and now you're just gonna turn them loose in the in the desert that kind of to me i was just like man you could, you didn't want to like drive them to the border first and then surrender yourself she did like, give them her truck she only she has did. the one truck I know, but she could have gone and dropped them <laughs> off think 
she's gone another way. She's got two truck money. <laughs> David had a truck, right? No, Did they he? drove. They drove hers. That's yeah. right. So okay, yep. maybe they don't two have holes two trucks. <laughs> And the, any cars they do have, Joanne's going to turn into sculptures anyway. They have anyway, solar so. panels That's and true. like water bottle very filtration. Advanced. They are very advanced. For being out there in the <laughs> desert. So you do eventually have to leave because you've been there too long. Uh, that the Karen feds had are just, on to you. Yeah, Karen had just been into town for their weekly supply run and she knew things were getting close and it was time for them to go. So they head off toward the border. Sean and Daniel the next morning like in, the, in Karen's truck. They get to the border wall, which so... Which in and of itself, I will say that was a very just like a real moment in the yeah that you know, was a good scene where I, I felt, liked that scene where I felt like oh man like I think regardless of who you are like this impacts and like yeah. this has a, because it's very timely with our with the current situation of, like it's of down our country there and everything and it's, we know it's down there yeah and and they tackle I will say like going after I think that's what I I appreciated the most out of this episode is that they did go to that and and tackling the border control and the you know border security and all that but then all, but doing it from the viewpoint of a very underrepresented voice. Yeah. And I think that was a very well done choice and I think that was very it was very well executed as well. I think well. so too. I liked that entire scene quite a bit. Uh so you get to the wall. What what did you do? So what do you mean what did I, I do? I mean like what what was your I oh. know what the option I had I didn't know if it would differ. Oh. I rolled up to the wall and had Daniel blasted open Same. like the gates of Mordor. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. That was yeah. a very cool scene. What getting, was the other option? I don't know if there was one. Oh, That's what okay. I got to. I just, I just, yeah, some of these things I don't know if there's, right. we'll just be offhandedly talking and I'll say, well, this happened. You're like, wait, what? That didn't happen in mine. I did think it was very extra that he opened them like the gates of Mordor and not just like blasted a small hole for the truck. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's real extra. Yeah. But I guess, you know, we don't know how Daniel's powers work. Maybe he's only got door opening powers. Who that's knows? True. <laughs> so you're getting there. You're all excited. Pathway to Mexico is opened. Turn to go back to the truck. Shot rings out. Hits Daniel. And this is the second time he's been shot in the arm. Because he got clipped in the arm in episode three at the pot farm. That's right. And that's what set him off. That kid is unlucky. He it is was unlucky. The same Guard your arms. arm. He needs just like some arm guard. Yeah, something. <laughs> they got to armor that kid up. But come on, can he? He needs to refine his power enough where he can stop the bullets like neo well he didn't know it was coming and he does that's do true. that later that's true he does so Anyways. uh but yeah so there's so you get shot and it turns out it's not border patrol but in, it, instead a couple of crazed vigilantes who are taking border security into their own hands which is a real thing which there is are a real people thing. out Again, there that are border vigilantes and they think that they're i guess doing helping? america good but you know the underlying reason is just almost always pure racism. Yeah. And that is the case for this particular couple who are actually, I think, father and daughter. Yes. Uh, the older guy, I don't know what his name is, but the younger woman who's like an adult woman, she's probably in her 30s, her name is Madison. Mm -hmm. And she's like brutal towards Sean and Daniel. You know, the older man is actually very worried because I think he may have been the one, the one who, who shot. Yeah. He's the one who shot Daniel and he's freaking out because Daniel is passed out. Like he gets clipped in the arm. He take, he falls down. Sean's freaking out. Uh, and the older man is like, oh man, we got to get this kid to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And Madison is just tackling Sean to the ground and like holding his face to the dirt and she's just going on and on about like you people trying to get into our country blah 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 Sean's trying to be like we're trying to actually get to Mexico yeah like they know. think so what her thinking is is that Sean and Daniel blasted open the border wall to let through their friends mm -hmm. and it's like no bitch we're trying to get in yeah. get off of me well and the fact that you know it 
Sean even is screaming like we're Americans, we're Americans, like quit. And she's just not having it. She's just like, cause again, she sees only race in her own bigoted viewpoint. And actually it didn't matter because I didn't choose any of the dialogue options that say we're Americans. Oh really? And it didn't change her opinion at all. Of course. Oh, okay. I did choose it. See this one though, I will say had the option, had the thing and they need to show it better because I think it happened to us in episode three where like the campfire conversation where you could chime in, but the timer is so short. Yeah. Like that happened to me a couple times this one where I wanted to respond, but I was sitting there being like, hmm, which one do I want to say? And then, and a, then a the timer, timer ran that out. you can't see went off. And which I could, is so I, weird because some conversations do have the visible right. timer and that was infuriating. Like when you're it actually, wait, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It didn't happen to me then, but it happened to me later. And I was like, wait, I wasn't done. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it first happened to me when we were in away and it was after I had talked with Stanley and Arthur for the first time and Daniel radios in on the walkie talkie and he's just like, Hey, I saw them kissing, you know? And, yes. and like, I tried to respond, but like it had the timer. And I was like, Oh wait, 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 wait. And I didn't get a chance to respond. I still was able to fix the, the, the uh, conversation and, and tell Daniel, so what, who cares? Like, no, you know, they're two people in love. They should be able to show that and, you know, and be together and turn the sit the, and, you know, change Daniel's viewpoint on it. But I was still just like, wait, I could have, Miss this moment. That so you're ready for what happened to me? The first sure. time I did it, I did it the right way. But then I like quit and I saved and I exited out because I was going to go eat or whatever. Mm. And when I came back later, because of the save point, I had to redo that small conversation again. And the second time, I accidentally looked at an object at the same time as Daniel was asking me the question oh. and Sean's internal thoughts whenever you look at certain objects, yeah. I couldn't get out of it. And the timer expired the on hell? Daniel. And I was like, that's infuriating. Yeah. So that might actually be like a glitch. It might not be the way the game is supposed to function. And I think it's not. I mm -hmm. think that's probably just, you know, unfortunate timing or uh, inconvenient coding or something. But I was really pissed off about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I was, was like, too. no. Because well, I remembered, especially in that, in the campfire conversations in episode three like i missed like every chance to interject because the damn timer was so fast they were really fast and i was there. like trying to read all the options that i had you still had like three dialogue options to choose from so uh as you're dealing with these vigilantes a police officer rolls up winds up arresting you both because he recognizes you well so this is so scary one of the vigilantes like i think it's madison like puts like a paper plastic yeah, yeah, yeah. A cloth yeah. bag, like, over Sean's head so he can't see. And it's like, wow, that you're definitely going to kill him, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but actually, like, a real police officer shows up, and he's clearly pissed mm. at Madison and the older gentleman because he's not their regular guy. So you gather through their shouted conversation that apparently Madison and her dad have some sort of, you know, non approved agreement with some other border agent to do this whole vigilante thing. Right. But this guy's not part of that and he's pissed off. So he arrests all of them. He arrests Madison, the dad and Sean and Daniel when he finds out who they are. Right. And so you get taken to a detention facility. Uh, Daniel is taken away to an infirmary. So you don't know what's going on with him. That kid always getting shot. I know. I know. Uh, but then in there you meet another immigrant couple who are also being held and they're trying to get across because the wife is, is very pregnant. It seems Carlita. Yeah. Carlita and <laughs> Cute. Diego. Diego. Okay. Yeah. And so they're you're t you're having this conversation with them and like why they're trying to you know why they're trying to get into America and you're trying to saying like well I'm trying to get into Mexico and, and they're Diego's like you're like, crazy. Ah, I don't know if that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And so it was another point for me and kind of where I felt the game was going at this point of like trying to show there's another option out there. It may not be the option that sounds the best, but it might be the 
it may not sound right, but it might wind up being the best option. Which is surrender. Surrendering, exactly. Uh, and not trying to get into Mexico. And so, uh, at the course of events, you are able to escape. Daniel breaks you out using his abilities. Kind of goes a little crazy crazy on the on the so, police station actually i do want to know one of the key points that is pointed out at the end of this episode in like the statistics section when the officer he takes sean into like a, an interrogation room mm-hmm. a questioning room uh, and they're having a conversation about his record and the officer is like man if it were just one of the th- these things that'd be something but all of this shit doesn't happen to just two two kids for no reason what's going right. on here and in the course of that conversation you hear like a commotion out Outside, and Daniel has apparently escaped the infirmary and he's looking a little worse for wear but in my playthrough he busts open the door to the interrogation room slams the officer against the wall Same. and like knocks him out and then he didn't care about him at all he cared with me he cared with you because yeah. in mine he was like leave him we don't care about him and no, I was he like yeah Daniel <laughs> he definitely cared with he me he didn't um, care in mine at all <laughs> and then what else uh, so he, he definitely cared he cared on there with me did you try to break the handcuffs to get free i did like just when you tug on him oh yeah of course i tried that i was like i'm definitely gonna try to get out of these i didn't because that's when i was very much kind of made up my mind that i was gonna do the you surrender are ending such a narc well no because it felt like at this point in the game <laughs> you're it such felt a like goody two it's gonna be terrible for daniel possibly and that's where my mind is at in my decision making for this game not necessarily what happened to me as much as what happened to daniel because i knew he I was, was more like, of a problem getting out of here <laughs> But I was surprised how long they made you wait to cons- yeah. to stick with the your decision to stay there. I actually, um, uh, it didn't matter. Like if you tug you, on them, nothing happens. Okay. Yeah, he just like tugs on him and he goes, "Man," and that's Stunt. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much of the coffee did you try to drink from the officer? Did you accept the coffee? Oh, I did, and I, did, I drank two, yeah. two sips. I was hoping you'd get like a trophy if you drank more, but I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I no. just, wishful thinking. <laughs> Could have been a souvenir, just like filled a capsule up with the coffee to rem- remind you of your time with the officer. Exactly. So you wind up getting out, making another break for the border. So wait, there's a couple other decisions that okay. I actually didn't realize. I, I don't know what I did wrong to miss them, but as you're exiting the detention facility, you go back past the cells of the yeah. couple Diego and Carlita. Mm-hmm. I think her name is just Carla, but Diego calls her Carlita because they're cute. Um, and the vigilantes, right. Madison and whoever. And apparently, I missed both of these, but apparently you can choose to like hurt the vigilante mm-hmm. couple in like vengeance, which if I had been able to get that option, I would have. Yeah. But I couldn't like, none of the options pulled up when oh, I was really? talking to them like i talked to them and nothing seemed to happen and i totally tried to break that couple out of their cell really but there was nothing like there were no prompts and i guess i just did it wrong or did it in the wrong order or something did you intervene in the fight no I did. Oh, maybe that's what so. Maybe does that's it. part of what. But it is. that's when the t- the invisible timer ran out uh, because I didn't get the chance to choose to intervene, and the invisible timer ran out, and I was like, "Oh no!" So that may huh, have, so that, that may, have, may affected, have been what the because I did was. have the option to free both groups, or I could have hurt the vigilantes. Oh, okay, but it, it, I talked to the vigilantes, and Daniel like questioned them and everything, and talked to them. But his response to it all was just, I can't remember his exact wording, but he was he wasn't about like wanting to hurt them. Oh, okay, because he was. Um, 
man for in mind, reason. he would have killed But I them. did release Diego and Carlito. <laughs> I would have. Like, I would have, but I missed both of them. Because Which I, I kind just... of, I kind of honestly was, was thinking, like, is this the good move to do? Because, oh, like, I if would've... they get caught again, like, but Who no. Cares? But exactly. I was like, no. They've they already to... been kicked out twice before. Yeah. They'll try again. Exactly. So I was just like, all right, no, I need to let them out. That, that and everything. So you make another break for the border, which I'm assuming is later that day or earlier or a couple days down the road. They never really, I don't know. No, it's later that day. It's later that day. It's meant to be very quickly after. Okay. Because on the radio, on the police scanner that they have, Karen's car is like out front the detention center. Because when they, when the border officer like acquires Sean and Daniel, a couple of other officers are there and I guess they just like confiscate the truck also. Mm -hmm. So they get back into Karen's truck and they make a break for the border. And the detention facility is really close to the border. So they just gun it there. So I would imagine, I mean, my best guess is that like between the detention center and the border, maybe an hour. Yeah. I, that's, that's what it felt like in in-game time to me. Yeah. So they, they show, they roll up here and that's basically your big decision point of how you want the game. I mean, that's the end. That's the end of the game. Yeah. As at this point, you're, you're obviously blockaded on the road. Uh, agent Flores from the FBI shows up again. She was at the beginning of episode four, talked to her in the hospital. So you, she's been the one working her your your case exactly, and you drive up to not the unofficial border wall where you broke through. You right. don't go back to there. You drive up to like the real official gated border. So they're going to try to blast through right there. So we already know from talking how what my decision was. You know, Daniel asked you. So how does the story of the Diaz brothers end? Well, so the setup to this is that the border is completely blockaded. Right. There are like a, t- a dozen probably police vehicles, a bazillion officers, Officer Flores, and they all have guns. Right. So that's the setup. They're not Your way around. is physically blocked. Yes. Yeah. So we already know mine. I I initially Daniel asked like so how does the story of the Diaz brothers ends? And I said and I did go with with surrendering because I was just like at this point. It was it was for my talk with David. You coward! Look, okay, I know Daniel has these I powers. I knew you and everything, were going to pick this but option. I, know, but like, I was like, Dave. I was like, he's going to narc out at the very <laughs> end. No, because I'm like, I'm not going to see these bros after going through all this stuff. Just try to run a, rush a border patrol station and just get obliterated because that's what's going to happen. You know, or one or both of them or something. And so I was like, no, like in this scenario, like it it goes against. It just you goes in your society rules following ways. How is how would it benefit them? It's all a big misunderstanding. The whole ordeal has been one big misunderstanding after another. Doing this one is a very definitive. You guys did this. And so it's like if there's any chance of them being able to have a normal life after I felt in my head, it was to give themselves up and try to explain the situation as best as possible. And how did it end? So uh, mine ends with uh, they get out of the car, they get arrested, get taken in and everything. Uh, Daniel is released into the custody of the grandparents. Because he's Beaver, 10. Right, they literally can't prosecute right, him. Back in Beaver Creek, Oregon. And then uh, Sean is actually put in prison. And For 15 years. years. Yeah, which comes out, he's a full-grown man experience life on in, inside and all that and they come out and that's how it ends is it, you know it goes through the years through pictures showing daniel growing up and getting all the and you know going th- graduating high school um getting his, like his first car some other things like that and then yeah then it ends with them having a touching reunion outside of the prison and them being able to like hug again and going off as a family and finally past this terrible uh this terrible course of events that they've lived through 
So, so how did it end for you? My ending was very different. Okay. <laughs> and okay. Way cooler, honestly. Your ending like kinda sucked. I mean, I'm not gonna deny that. I'm not <laughs> surprised. So I obviously chose and I had really been setting myself up for this the entire time without knowing that I was choosing the brotherhood route. Right. Your decisions mostly led to the morality route. Yes. And there are actually seven different ways that this episode can end. I was I trying it up to watch afterwards them all. and there were quite a lot. Yeah. So but again, I didn't, for the same thing, I was kind of like, if I play this again, I don't know if I want to know outcomes. Yeah, uh, I did because I was like, I'm not going to play it again. <laughs> Anyways, so the, when we do a, a Life is Strange revisit in like 10 years, then. I think you technically got what the game considers to be one of the good endings of so. redemption, which is very ironic to me because I don't view serving 15 years prison for a murder you didn't commit as being. Oh, the I'm good not saying ending. it's right. I'm not yeah. saying it's fair. So I was like, fuck that shit. We're getting through that border and. Like, so the, Daniel, of course, is like they're sitting in the truck. They're at the border. Officer Flores is blasting through her megaphone. Get out of the car. Yeah. It's the end of the line. And I was like, maybe for you, it's the end thought. of the line. <laughs> so uh, Sean basically turns to Daniel and he's like, all right, kid, get him. I mean, he doesn't say it that way, of course. But Daniel, like, just gets out of the truck and he goes and stands in front of the truck and uses his power- powers to just obliterate the I was like, file. (laughs) That was like a highlight. I was like, oh, it's all finally coming together. (laughs) So not only does he just obliterate the officers in front of the uh, in front of the gate itself, there's also a small amount of them behind you as well now who pulled up to block you in. He obliterates the he blows up the ground beneath them. Oh, that's and shoots them into the sky. Okay, that's cool. They're dead. They are definitely dead. See, and that's bad. It's good. I've been working it's this whole time to Daniel. tell Daniel to use his power not to kill No, people. they're all dead. <laughs> I mean, some of them may have lived, but they're probably They're pretty dead. broken up. They're Lots of broken, broken bones. Up. They're in cat, body cast So anyways, show. you just obliterate them, and then Daniel calmly gets back in the truck, and you drive past them, and you drive past their littered corpses, and you're like, later, bitches. <laughs> you just get into Mexico, and the end scene that I got, which I think is called the Blood Brothers ending which is technically considered one of the bad ones but i didn't really view it that way is they find what i assume is their dad's old house or maybe one of his old properties in puerto lobos you make it to uh, puerto lobos so they wind up opening up their own auto repair shop Mm -hmm. so they open up diaz uh, brother's auto repair or repair shop um, and the post game like scene is daniel and he's i think 16 because it's like six years down the line so the scene is like 16-year-old Daniel, and he actually looks just like Sean, but like a little bit older. And he's right. got kind of the shaggy hair and like a cool tank top on and neat jeans and whatever. And I was like, man, Sean's looking hot. And then I was like, oh, no, it's Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> then Daniel comes. That's what I, I mean, honestly, that's what I was like. Daniel walked out of prison, got the full, I mean, Sean walked out of prison, got the full beard and eye patch. I was like, Sean isn't up? looking super great what's in up, my Sean? ending either. He does appear to have, it's either supposed to be just the hole in his face from where his left eye was, or it's a badass black glass eye. I think it's glass eye because he had that with oh, me too. Oh, it's cool. In my ending. Oh, like because I forgot that. After they get, they had the reunion at the prison, they go back to where the first place they camped. Oh, back in okay. Seattle, back gotcha. in Washington, and like have a and spend a night there. 
that's a together. strange choice, but whatever. <laughs> just reliving that. Anyways, memories. so in mine, like it's it's older Sean. He's got to be like 24, 25 now, and he's got like a little bit of scruff, but it's more like a it's more like your facial hair mm-hmm. than anything. And he's like got his cool black glass eye, and they're just chilling in their repair shop. And then you see, I guess, like local gang members kind of come in, and they're like pointing a gun at Sean. Oh shit! And Daniel's like, this is my shot, bitch, and he fucks him up with his powers. <laughs> Not like, yeah, <laughs> we did have way different we endings. Had really different endings. Oh, so, man. anyways, they send those gang members packing, and then they like sit outside on their porch in front of the beach and like cheers sodas and or beers. I'm like, this is the life. Wow, wow. So I okay. think my ending was the good ending. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool ending. Your you ending know? sucks, but the idea, I mean, of the of the Blood Brothers ending is they do make it to Mexico. They forge new lives for better or worse because it is shown to you know probably be a dangerous area they probably live fairly hard lives but they have integrated into mexican society now and it's like yeah good for you back to your dad's roots whether he would have liked it or not Mm -hmm. and they're basically making their own way in the world and for my playthrough i think that that is the appropriate option (laughs) i feel i feel like my ending was appropriate to how I played it. Do I necessarily agree with you? Yeah, that that Sean having to spend 15 years in prison was fair? No. Daniel killed all those people. <laughs> yeah, Not uh, Sean. I mean, Sean was just the, 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 the person trying to do good. Sean was just an unlucky witness to yeah. his brother's uncontrollable powers. And yeah. it's like, you don't have to serve prison time for that. Get to Mexico, brother. Which I did actually realize, I don't know if this is too much of a like spoiler or anything. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, we Briefly tune out. This. One of the alternative endings uh, is actually Sean and Daniel. And I read this one. I obviously didn't get, didn't get this one. Um, but one of the alternative endings is, I think if you have really high morality for Daniel but you still try to cross the border by force, I think what happens is Sean starts driving across the border and Daniel like obliterates the police, but still bails yeah, out of the does. truck. I watched, I watched so one of those So then they wind up separated. Sean goes to Mexico and lives out his life. And then Daniel goes back home to the grandparents, which I think also would have been kind of a good ending too in my book. Which I have to say though, I was pleased with then because in that i watched that ending on a on a youtube video and that's when i was like wait if i go back i kind of want to know but i did appreciate that they had a lot more of your smaller decisions throughout the games yeah showcased in that so for example in that ending where daniel obliterates everything and bails at the last moment uh he gets time goes on and you see it and you see time pass same way he gets a letter at his grandparents house from daniel and you but you do see that Oh, from Sean. But you do see Sean, Daniel, good Lord, is wearing, Daniel is the one at the grandparents' house. He gets a card in the mail from Sean later on. But you do see when he's like 16, 18, I'm assuming, but he does have an ankle monitor on. Daniel does. Daniel does. Oh, I guess because yeah. he's on like permanent probation. I guess. <laughs> um, and so, but he gets this card and it contains a letter from Sean and then also some pictures. And even in this little cutscene, the ending video that I was watching showed different variations to the same ending for example in the pictures that he gets the first round it shows like a picture of a palm tree the next picture is sean with cassidy oh the next ending that it showed was sean with finn oh man and then finally another one is just sean by himself see that actually so i was kind of like okay 
I appreciate then that if you're you're going to put so much uh, thought into the smaller decisions that make up this game to have them pay off in even those little ways because yeah. it really looked like some of the decisions from the past weren't going to play any role and so to have those pay off in the end like that I was like okay cool that's cool that is kind of cool and actually in a way I kind of wish that that's the ending that I had gotten is that Sean and Daniel wound up separated because even though they are very close and you know I totally obviously value the sibling relationship it seemed like you know, at least in my playthrough, that their right. relationship was taking like a dangerous turn of like really heavy uh, codependence. Well, what? Because yeah, what happened if something happened to Sean? Yeah, they would have. I mean, they would have been at square zero again. So, in on the one hand, I liked the ending I got. On the other hand, watching them live out their separate lives, I think would have also been really rewarding for me. Yeah, the whole prison thing would not have been. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm glad I said no. Thank you to the good the good border officers. I was I was <laughs> bummed about that. I was like. Man, like that sucks. But I, but I also showed I was happy my, still with again with with how it all wrapped up. I showed them my metaphorical hall pass and then <laughs> saw myself on my way. <laughs> so, with that being the conclusion now of the story, how do you feel overall? Has your opinions of this of Life is Strange two really differed and changed that much from our opinions that we already held? They haven't. Um, I do really appreciate what the game was trying to do, and I can see how, from a different perspective, it would be a good game. I personally found it to be a slog fest. I was bored the majority of the time, and a lot of that is probably just that you know, Life is Strange is a very always a personal story. It's a very right. personal story about particular characters. Characters, and that's all there is to it. Like, if you're not invested in that main core character set, you're not going to be invested at all. And I just never really felt the same or even a similar uh, level of personal investment with Sean and Daniel as I did with Max and Chloe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just think that, you know, in this case, the change of scenery all the time did also personally, like, it was a detriment to me. I agree. Because you didn't have a high level of investment in other NPCs, and the NPCs are largely what make Life is Strange. So the fact that in Life is Strange 1, you had the same set of NPCs that you interacted with really regularly, you got to see their stories out to the end, that was really rewarding for me. In Life is Strange 2, you just didn't have it to that same level. Mm -hmm. There may have been snippets here and there, but a lot of it felt very cut short. And that was the overarching problem that I had, is that every, my, every small vignette, every little personal story always felt like it had been cut short and you didn't get to fully explore it. Right. And I didn't like that. I, I agree. I, that was that was really my big takeaway and my big knock against the game as well. Uh, was a very was the exact same thing. Because I did really like Sean and Daniel's path. Yeah. But it was I, the rest of it. Right. The so many, yeah, just one-off characters. And it, because it was trying to make, I feel like this one felt like each episode, it, in Life is Strange 1, Yes, each episode had a beginning, middle, and end, and they all, you know, and each one was a, could be a self-contained thing, but they still led on and made you be like, oh, but what's coming next? You know, what's yeah. the further depth to this mystery? I was always excited for the next one. This one from episode one and on, I was hooked. Same, same. The ending of episode one, I'm like, I got to see this to the end. This one, because they did change locations every episode. And you had to then, they had to set up why they're there, introduce the people for you to get to know, and then all this stuff. You didn't get this, this, you, you, there was not the opportunity to flesh out it, any, like you yeah. were saying. And I think that really did hurt the game because 
in the first Life is Strange, you built so many relationships with these side characters like Warren, Nathan Prescott, Victoria, Victoria, my girl Victoria, Katie or Kate. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you had all these side threads that even though they were independent of each other, they still came together and to, to benefit certain, the main story. To a certain extent, some threads kind of did kind of. in Life is Strange too, but it was always like in post. Like, for example, in uh, episode five of Life is Strange 2, you can log on to Karen's computer and see like a um, kind of a wrap-up blog post from Brody, mm-hmm. which was nice, but I was like, I would have loved to have seen Brody exactly. again in one of the other episodes. And I just... I feel like the game didn't really even pick up for me until halfway through episode four. And then at the beginning of episode five, it became really boring again. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. It was really, yeah, the second half of episode four, second half of episode five were by far the I highlights. I mean, for me, there was just no point at which I got that hook. Mm-hmm. And it just, it never took off for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a good game. I still think that it's well made. I think that the story it's trying to tell is interesting. And an important one. And an important one, a very important one. But my overall enjoyment of Life is Strange 2 not, not yeah. a lot of it there was very little I agree I agree with that um, basically I have the yeah I have the exact same thoughts really as you did and yeah. and it just I wanted it to be more because obviously we're coming off of Life is Strange 2 we, neither of us have played to completion yet before the storm um, but it was I, I appreciated that they tried it different with different things, like having it take yeah. place outside of one location. Yeah, I mean, you really can't um, know whether or not something will or won't work. And by their standards, who knows? Maybe it's like a maybe everybody else loves it. Yeah, and it we're could like be the just only us. two that hate it. Very possible. But like, that's just it's amazing that when it comes to Life is Strange, you and me, we always tend to like line up. Perfectly. Right on center. Which is why it's such a great series for us to talk about. And I'm still excited to play Life is Strange 3 At if that ever becomes. in terms of our opinions, yeah, not on the not, past that we take. Exactly. But our still overall thoughts on the games line up pretty yes. well. And I'm still, like I said, I'm still excited for Life is Strange 3 if they yeah, do eventually make I mean, make if that. they ever make a third one, I will still be on board. I will still try it after all of the yeah, episodes I think, conclude. I'm not doing the shit no, again. No, I'm not either. I'm not doing I, this I episodic, did not enjoy episodic BS ever again. No. I will wait a year and a half to get the complete game. Yeah. You cannot make me do this Which, again. You know what? The complete game came out and they released like big collector's editions of it. And I'm, and I'm like, so cool. We, we got fucked because yeah. we were the idiots that bought it beforehand. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, wow, cool. Way to not incentivize people to buy the game at the outset. Because why am I going to buy the collector's edition at the end after I've already done Ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but now, now like, I'm glad I didn't buy any collector's editions of this one because I wouldn't have liked them. Yeah. I want a giant squirrel from Life is Strange 1. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I know, obviously, these are our thoughts and opinions on Life is Strange 2 and Episode 5, Wolves. Uh, we would love to know what your thoughts are as well. We know that many people differ with us well, on this it, Well, it's like, you know, I, I know in our community itself, like my friend Jordan, she's playing it, uh, and I know I haven't heard, I need to talk with her actually and see where her thoughts are. I know she's played through Episode 4. I don't know if she's played 5 yet. Um, but I know she had kind of mentioned that she liked it. Bulldozer on our Discord also said that they were enjoying that they are really enjoying the game and they wrapped up and they loved the ending of episode five. And so now that we're done and we're through this too, oh we'd love God. to talk about it more on the discord and see and like hear your thoughts and everything as well. And we would love to hear the general public's thoughts as well. If what your thoughts were on life is strange too, and especially this episode. So send them our way at team chat podcast at gmail.com comment on our social media, the YouTube video, wherever you like, we'll find it and we'll talk with you about it. 
But I think that pretty much wraps us up. Like, uh, do you have Finally. any more any more concluding thoughts on this? All um, I can yeah, say no more episodic is, games. Thank God we're done. <laughs> That's really my my ultimate feeling. Is I'm glad it's over. I am too. I'm ready to move on to the new things and not Ugh. have this and not have this uh, this like because oh. it really did unfortunately feel like we were just checking the box of cool. We played it so we can oh, talk about it. Oh, it was quite a burden. But it, that being the case, though, we still got a lot of great content out of it and we, a lot of good did. discussions. We so did. we can't so we can't be mad about that. We can't be too mad about it, but still. I'm like, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. So before we go, though, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which we're going to feature kind of what I guess was the main theme or track of this of Life is Strange 2. I will say that um, the soundtrack for this final episode was very subdued. Yes. Yeah, very Never really somber. Have, it didn't have its like uh, pop dance numbers like no, from, that, from episode no, 3. No, which is appropriate. Yes. Very appropriate. Uh, but we are going to go with the Sifjin Stevens song, Death with Dignity, which is kind of like the main, it was released as part in, in part with Captain's The Amazing Adventures of Captain Spirit, uh, when that was the like demo for Life is Strange 2, and then it kind of like stayed as like a mainstay. So we're going to have that be our soundtrack spotlight to wrap up our full review, in-depth digging in of Life is Strange 2. And that will play after the end of the episode, which is pretty much now. But until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next week. Stick around for the song. Spirit of my silence, I can hear you, but I'm afraid to be near you, and I don't know where to begin.